In it goes! After three days of scintillating golf in Miami, your inaugural Live Golf Team Champions, four aces. Hello there, welcome to the latest episode of the Bunker Podcast in association with Callaway. It's Halloween. Frightful stuff happening all around the world and including, of course, in the world of professional golf. And we're going to get into that on this week's episode. Michael McEwen here. Thank you very much indeed for joining in. And Bryce Ritchie sitting opposite me. Got the hoodie memo this week, I see, Mr. Ritchie. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Not yes. quite as good as mine. No, I he is, to he add. Is better. he's wearing a Masters one for those listening. It's good, isn't it? Yes, it's, yes. <laughs> is, there a, is there a bad Masters hoodie? I can't imagine there is. I don't think there is. Do you want me to pick you up one next year? Yeah, that'd the back? Be good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. What's, what's this you've got on? It's just some motorbike hoodie. Ah, it's nothing. Right, it's okay. not a big deal. Don't a little bit of Sons of Anarchy. A wee bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. How was your weekend? Kind of boring. Sat right. in the house all by myself doing Pilates. So, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, yeah, I've done Pilates now three, four days in a row, and I think it works for my, for my back. Pilates? Yeah, I think it's quite good. So, How, What's the difference between Pilates and yoga? Don't know. It's a good question. If I said to you, you know, what moves are you doing? Are you going to describe yoga moves to me, like downward dog and no, all that done, sort of stuff? No, I've not done a downward so, dog. What is Pilates then? I've no idea. Involved? I just follow it on YouTube. T- tell me, what's what's involved? Well, you lie on your back. Or no, what? you lie on your back and you... It's all about connection with your hips to the ground and stuff like that and it's a bit weird raise your leg and things and a bit of stretching and whatever and I really don't know what it is I'm going to do yoga DC Thompson do a yoga class on a Wednesday night in the office I'm going to do that see what the difference is and I'll tell you next week what the difference is between yoga and Pilates have you noticed any difference in the sessions you've done so far Uh, for those who have back problems shoot me DMs because I want to know the solution I've had it now for years and I can't get rid of it but I do feel slightly better the last few days. There so you go. I have uh, shoots of light. <laughs> All thanks to Pilates. Yes, but other than that, I was quite bored. Okay. The wife was, she was working, we boys at the rugby. Oh, let's then, not talk about that. That was brutal. Yeah, it wasn't very How good. Scottish was that finish? Yes. Snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, as we ever do. So apart from that, nothing. Yeah, yeah. nothing. So what did you do? I'm really glad that you turned up. What did you do? I went to the football on Saturday afternoon. That was good for a change. I went not expecting much, but it turned out to be decent. And then we spent most of yesterday decorating our house for oh, this evening. Oh, you have to go uh, big on it, don't you? We do. Well, I, I don't know what people listening think of this, but I'm almost at the point now where Halloween is getting close to Christmas in terms of its position and its importance to me. My wee boy thinks Halloween's better than Christmas. Yeah, it's less prescriptive. If you know what I mean, like Christmas, it's very much you do this and you do that, no, and you have that. your dinner there, and your dinner consists of this. Yeah, but Halloween's just a bit more fun. Halloween's yeah it disgusts me. I'm not happy with the way Halloween's become this outrageous commercialisation garbage, and that's because as opposed told, to Christmas. Yeah, well, yeah, good point. I told my wife I was going to go and buy some sweeties and whatever from Tesco, and of course I come back and she's done the same thing. So, we've so you've got, got twice the amount of sweets? Twice the amount of sweets. Lovely. So come round to my house tonight, kids. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a lot. What's your garden like? Is that all Nothing Halloween It's out? the same dump it was before Halloween. <laughs> Don't do anything. All we've done is do the front door and that's it. Oh, we've got the whole works. We've got yeah, gravestones and skeletons and inflatable ghosts. Uh, that That is tremendous. And when you go home tonight, they'll all be gone. <laughs> 
potentially, <laughs> actually, yeah. But no, we, we go big on Halloween in, in the McEwen household. So I'm, I'm fully, fully expecting the wee one to come back with a proper haul tonight. Yeah. If there's not things like double dips and chomps, I'm going to be curly whirlies. I'm going to be I tried to cancel it, but my wife wouldn't let me. Cancel what? Halloween. Again, you're going to need to explain that. How, well, how is one man going to cancel an entire because holiday? Because for us, just like we go out for dinner or something and we just lock the house and turn all the lights off. Oh, you sound else. like my mother. But uh, couldn't get away with it. Got to embrace the fun. It's one night out of 365. I know. Embrace the fun, Bryce. Which should really be the motto of live golf, shouldn't it? I mean, rather yes, than golf but louder right. and don't blink. That's a Embrace good the fun yes, should be it. Embrace it. So the Live Team Championship, the final event of their inaugural inaugural season, took place over the weekend at Trump Doral in Miami. We previewed it pretty heavily on the pod last week with Scott Henry. And thank you for all of the very kind comments about that episode. But yeah, the the Team Championship for Live in Miami. First up, Bryce, did you watch it? If so, how much did you see? And what were your general thoughts? (sighs) I watched bits of it. Just to see how many people were watching it, to be honest, mm-hmm. and there wasn't very many. I, I, I can't, I cannot get invested in it. I have tried. I'm not one of these guys that's. Uh, we've said this before. We're not against live. No, I just can't. I can't get down with it. And I know that G Max says nobody has a clue just how invested the players are in this team format. Says they are absolutely into it. They stand to make a lot of money. Some of them. The yes, they, they do. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah, they do quite well. Team ownership stakes and equity stakes, and that's before you even mention prize money and so on. So, if I was a player, I would be I'd, I'd be in up it. for it. Yeah, yep. no, I, I just from what I did see, it all it all seems a little bit contrived and fake. And listen, I, the problem is, you say something, you just get jumped on by bots and fan accounts. There's, I've yep. never seen so many fan accounts for a tour. You don't see a lot of DP World fan accounts on Twitter. Or PGA Tour fan accounts on Twitter, but there's a lot of live ones, and I just do you want to speak your mind or do you just? Like, <laughs> That's you know? the thing; they love it unequivocally. There is not a single thing that Wrong they would change, uh, which is is very interesting. I watched bits of it as well. I'm, I'm not going to lie; I didn't sit and watch the whole thing. Part of the reason for that, and this uh, speaks to maybe a, a wider problem that live is going to have amongst people like me. It's not entirely. And I'm not the sort of person that surfs the internet or watches YouTube on my TV. I like to know when things are on, where it's going to be, and I just want to be able to use my remote control, my doofer, to, to find it. Yeah, but see, the fact, and it's a good point. And so you have YouTube on your, you've got a smart TV. Yeah, yeah, take yeah. it. I mean, you must have a smart TV. <laughs> Come on now, Bryce. Come on, please. <laughs> and I have to say, we did talk about this last week, but I cannot wait till my TV breaks and I go and get a new TV. Oh. Quality of TV you can buy these days is outrageous for the money. TV shopping is one of the great things. It is. So I've told my wee boy, he was banned last year, from, but he was always wanting to play football in the, in the living room. And I'm like, yeah, now. <laughs> get that size five Mitre Ultimax Absolutely. in the living room, wee man. Put your boots on. Get Battle the laces Can't it. wait till that TV is smashed. <laughs> so, what we're we talking about again. So, I know it's a good point because when I go on YouTube, the thing is that is when when the BBC gets such huge numbers for sport, it's because it's so easily accessible. Just flick a channel and it's on. It's there. But if you have to force somebody to either one pay for something and go out their way to pay for it, or go and search for something. Have to put a 
small amount of effort in to go and search for something, it plummets. And by the way, I, this isn't unique to no, this isn't, golf. this isn't. This is this, this is, is the world. This, this is for the same sport. reason I don't yeah. watch Premier League football matches on Amazon. I watch them on Sky. I watch them on BT. Ah. I See, don't I go had onto to, Amazon Prime to watch football. I spent twenty minutes searching channels, and then I just almost gave up for the rugby at the weekend until I thought, you know what, Bryce, Google it. So I googled it and realised it was on Amazon. And then you, it's just it's a hassle. So if you're not actively going to watch it and you flick on YouTube and your TV, unless you've subscribed to Live, it won't pop up that it's live. Yep. So you'll have to actively search for it. Then you've got to search through the results to find. So then I'm you've not, got all the watch-alongs and those accounts. Yeah, and, and yeah, there's a million videos and you think, which one's the live one? It's obviously the one that's live. But a lot of people are not that savvy and they don't, mm-hmm. they don't know how that works. And if, they, if the world of golf's audience is no offence, slightly older. They're not going to know. Like my old man's not going to know what how to watch live on his TV. He's just not going to know that. But, but I bet he knows the sky number off by heart. Yes, absolutely. So, whilst everyone's having a go at the numbers, thirty three thousand, I think, is the average viewership they got for their uh, team event. Is the normal number if that was in TV? Is it four or five times that? I don't know. But the fact is, it's not in TV. That's it. It's not a huge number of... Uh, it's not a great audience. Mm-hmm. It's not good for sponsors. Don't care what anyone says. It is not good for Bentley or Porsche or, you know, Tycoon, Rolex. These brands are not putting in millions into those numbers. It's just not how it works. Because this is a global tour. Mm-hmm. And they're not, getting, they're not getting the numbers, I think. But... You've got to say it's the first year. One it's of all the, the starts. One of the challenges is going to be, you know, you, you talk about football and watching that on a streaming platform, for example. It's very different because people support football teams. Irrespective of what the live fan bot accounts would have you believe, I don't think there's a massive fan base for a tour. No. They're trying clearly to develop that and grow that, and you're quite right, it is year one. But I would go out my way to watch my football team play on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Because they're my team. I'm not going to get my way to watch something that I might be interested in if it's a hassle. You also have to slightly remind yourself, and that, and that, that's the point, you have to remind yourself that every time I see Liv, like I was watching the actual footage of it last night, I think, this is an actually, it's not a tournament. It's a tour. This is a new tour. And you have to sort of remind yourself that these guys don't really play anywhere else. This is all they've got. And we saw that there are changes for next year that's going to be February to September. To me, that's quite a big change. That's a They'll be in your psyche and mainstream golf media for a long time next year, as much as the PGA Tour. Not, not as much, but close to that sort of timeline in our season. So I'm expecting it to be bigger next year. I'm expecting more things. But if you read all the negatives, people think it's still going to bomb. And... I don't think you can make that call now with any real justification. I think mm-hmm. if you're if anyone is saying look it looks as though it's gonna die off or something, that's literally finger in the air stuff. Nobody knows. No. I think the jury is out. I think it's probably Absolutely, the safest yeah. way of putting it. And there's definite skepticism, but there's also, you know, on the opposite side, there's a lot of momentum with it as well. <laughs> For those who are unaware, Dustin Johnson's four aces team are the team champions, the inaugural team champions. So the 12 teams competing for $50 million and Dustin 
and his teammates, Taylor Gooch, Patrick Reed, and forgive me, Pat Perez, got sixteen could, million dollars of that. How could you forget Pat? It's almost like he's been rotten every time he's played this year. I, I did notice that he said, you know, I showed up, people said I've not been playing well enough and I've just been cashing checks, but you know, I contributed this week so they can all shut the hell up. Yes, Pat. That round of seventy will be on your gravestone, I'm quite sure of mm-hmm. it. So in the end, the four aces quartet, they finished one shot ahead of Cam Smith's side. And you know what? I'm pausing. I can't even remember the name of Cam Smith. Punch. Punch, that's them. Leishman. Punch. Yes, Team Punch. Cam Smith, Mark Leishman, and the other two. So this is the problem. I'm a golf writer. I have followed it. And it's going in one year and out the other for me, a lot of it. It's entertaining. Problem is, it's also kind of instantly forgettable. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, Brooks Kepka, he's almost forgotten now because he's not in the mainstream golf spotlight. So it'll be interesting to see what they do with the team format next year because we know that's where they believe there's a lot of opportunity, there's a lot of revenue opportunities. Bruce, you, you know, mentioned what, are the players Kep- going to be dressed differently or uh-huh. going to be dressed in uniforms? I think they'll make big changes. I mean, Brooks Kepka, there's a guy that's just fallen off the face of the golf planet. I mean, you saw him sitting in a press conference having banter with Ian Poulter. You think, Two years ago, you would have not even mentioned Poulter. And you, you were above him. Now he's having to endorse this sort of fake rivalry and banter. and It's mind-numbing. This is the Brooks Kepka who just a couple of years ago was talking about being world number one. And the, there was that chat, if you remember, about the potential of him and Rory going at it and being the, the next big two. And he was saying, you know, I, I'm... I'm the world number one. I've got open road in front of me. Yeah, I've got open road. Now you've been cast to the side of that road, that Brooks, very, and no one cares. We could talk. Listen, I could probably talk about this for five hours. I, I, I still honestly can't get my head around it. That's my one thing about Liv. I, I do think Liv has been, in my opinion, hugely successful. Mm-hmm. I have to be honest. I'm stunned at where it's got to. I've said this a million times, but I still cannot believe the position the money, the theatre that it's created, you know, with the whole... T- I mean, I, I didn't even think they'd get tour courses to go to and proper courses to go to, but they have. The branding, everything, the the social stuff, all the influencers that they've brought on, the commentary team, the broadcast is brilliant, but I still absolutely cannot wrap my head around why Brooks Kepka. Cameron Smith, two guys in there, and Bernd Wiesberger. And Bryson, potentially. Absolutely, yeah, Bryson. Absolutely, in the prime of their careers, they're at the age bracket where you go out and win. Mm-hmm. I'm utterly stunned they've they have turned their back on the PGA Tour. PGA Tour is the basis of every major golfer that's ever walked the planet, mm-hmm. and they've turned their back on it. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, am absolutely gobsmacked at it because it has to be down to just the sheer amount of money that's come their way it's mind-blowing the first live season then is at an end so i mean i think you've summed it up pretty well there in terms of how it's gone and the surprises and and so on and so forth but let's do a quick good bad and ugly if you like bryce of what we liked what needs to be improved what it needs to leave behind going forward so in the spirit of being completely objective and fair about it, which I, I think we've been throughout, what did you like most? If you had to pick one thing, what did you like most about Live this year? 
careful. I think I, I like the leaderboards on the screen, but I don't want to see it in regular tournaments. And when I say regular tournaments, I don't want to see that in the PGA Tour or the Masters or anything like that or the Open. But I think it looks good at Live. Mm-hmm. I genuinely do think that looks quite... Like, remember the very first time I saw it on the screen, you sort of thought, actually, that's quite good. <laughs> I remember thinking, that's actually really good. <laughs> and, you, and it's ridiculous, but I think there's just something about that that looks quite cool. And it's unmistakable when you look at that. If I was to see a still, I'm going, that's Live. Yeah. I now associate that with Live. Uh-huh. What else is good? I think the way they set up the tournaments, I think their branding's quite good, but it doesn't work for sponsors because it's all about the tour. Eventually, we're going to have to come to the to the bad. So I think that links to the bad. Okay. It's the same. It looks really good, but there's a huge but. Am I allowed to go into the bad? No, not yet. Stick in the good if you want. Good. Um, it has to be players. You know, some, I, I keep admitting my failures with Liv and my, my mistakes. I've come, things that have come out of my mouth and I thought, I wish I could reverse back nine months and go, <laughs> take all back. But I'm stunned at the players they've got. Yeah, That blows my mind. I just... <sighs> Cam Smith, you win the Open Championship. You're absolutely one of the hottest guys in the world and you choose to disappear into a streaming platform that nobody's watching. And you've got no legacy, no history. You'll never you'll never compete at Bay Hill again. You'll never be at the Byron Nelson. You'll never play the players. That's an interesting you never one get, though, right? Because, even though because the what FedEx, you just said there is really interesting. You've said you'll never play Bay Hill. And I'm like, yeah, that's a shame. You'll never play Byron Nelson. And then I'm thinking, so... Yeah, I, I mean, th- th- there's an awful lot of so what uh, events that, in the PGA uh, Tour. Yeah, but they're not them. You know, waste management's a cool event. You know, there's so many good events that you go to. You know, I'm not dis- I'm not denying that, but I think what we sometimes forget is there's also an awful lot of yeah. events. And that, that that that's it. The players have clearly gone. Well, I'd rather I'd rather skip, miss maybe ten really big events and just get a hundred million. Yep. And that that's a bit. So I'm. I, the good has to be that they have managed to bring in some star quality. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of star quality, but you can't argue that Kepka, DeChambeau, Cam Smith, and with a certain extent, Leishman. Listen, big, would big, the PGA Tour rather have these guys than Absolute, not? Of course 100%. they would. So that, that's all you need to know about how big these names are that they've got. You, you know, it's funny, you're, you're talking about did you watch it? I probably watched more PGA Tour golf this weekend Let's be honest, the leaderboard was not great. The Butterfield Bermuda Championship. Yeah, not great. But this is shoulder season. You know, you'll get It's not an event that's ever no. particularly there'll well be event there'll be events in the next five, six weeks which will be pretty yeah. you know, second rate. And there'll be some in January, maybe the odd one in February. It's not great. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, back on to live. I'll let you go for it then. Bad. The bad is that it's a it's a global tour and it has no sponsors. So it's self-sustainable. It's 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 self-sustainable in the sense that they're just prepared to spend all this money on it. But as I'm told from an insider who's extremely well connected, that's not the plan. They are going to. They're not doing this just to throw away two billion dollars. They have a plan for sponsors. How many times have we said this? The clues in the name. It's yeah. the investment fund, uh-huh. not the chuck cash at something and that doesn't really matter fund but they're having I don't know the ins and outs of it but they don't have a TV deal and the rumours were they're going to have to pay to be on TV mm-hmm. so that's a bit strange 
if if you're a sponsor, that's a kind of sponsors do things for you get a sponsor for looks and appearance and it's a nice branding, it's a nice fit, and you get mass volume on your brand and so on and so forth. And that's he's got to tick every box. When you're spending two, three million on a sponsorship, you absolutely want all the boxes ticked. Is Lev able to do that? At the moment, no, because they don't have any sponsors. But you never know. They might come out in February next year with sponsorships for every team. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, would it surprise me? No. Because the bad is this year that they don't have that. You can't just have a tour where there's no money coming in from a third party or anything like that. You can't have that because it's not sustainable. They're prepared to spend so much money to get it off the ground. There will come a point where they actually say, right, where are we with this? Any other bads from you? Because if I'm honest, I think one of them for me is the... not a big thing particularly, but the events don't have much identity. It's Live Golf Bedminster, Live yeah. Golf Chicago, Live Golf this, Live Golf They're all that. They and all morph into the same thing. Exactly. Parkland. And when I say identity, it's not even just the name, you know. It's like they lift the entire Live kit and yes. they move it and they drop it on a golf course uh-huh. and it just looks the same from event to event. Uh-huh. They're indistinguishable from one another. I mean, uh-huh. if I showed you a picture from Live Golf Chicago, for example, could you say with absolute certainty I know where that is uh-huh. you couldn't you know so I, I think that's something you need to get right because one of the things I found was after the initial interest had worn off and the novelty factor had gone and you're into the you know the, the Chicago's and Bedminster's it was hard to stay that interested because it just looked the same as the previous event and the yeah. event before that uh-huh. so that's something they need to get right for me also because of the 54 not the 54 the the, the shotgun element of it there's no drama. Mm-hmm. The drama is instant, but it's not. It doesn't create anything. Go back to Rory, where he hit his ball into the ditch last season, and he had the chat with Harry. That's drama. You're watching that, and you think, "What's going to happen here, Rory? What are you doing?" And Harry says, "Look, we've got a chance here. Let's just chill. Let's play safe." And you can hear Rory going, "Good idea. Let's do that." And they did, and they won. There's none of that in live. Because you don't have time to show that. Because during whole, that don't time, blink things quite right. Because if you do, you'll miss it. Uh huh. So there's no, there's no long drama. I, I don't like the fact that I, I love the fact that you watch a tournament and you know that, that somebody goes on a run in the on, on the back nine, posts a clubhouse lead, and there's no clubhouse lead at live. There's yeah, none of that. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Yeah, true. It's just really weird. There's no opportunity to build momentum towards a big, big finish. Yeah. Uh huh. And there's none of that. None at all. And they never will have that because of the shotgun start. 54 holes, is, is um, if they want to do that, that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. I find it slightly odd, but it's, it is what it is. If there was another round, would I be that bothered or would I notice that much? I probably wouldn't. I suppose they have, I've realised they have the 54 holes so they can have another night in their bed after the piss up on the Wednesday night. <laughs> For me, one of the goods, if you like, just to scoot back there, I'm going to be honest, the team element was much better than I expected. I was more interested in it. The names are absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> if they come out next year with the fireballs taking on the cliques and the niblicks, just shoot me. It's oh, no, absolutely they, they, they will keep that. No. Sergio's planning on changing fireballs. He said that months ago. What to? So these, we don't know yet. The matadors? 
you've got uh, this is this is the part of the bigger picture you need to see. It's you're talking about no sponsors. Bang, right there. You know, look at F one. F one teams aren't called the Speedmasters. Yes, the the excellent tires or the <laughs> <laughs> the excellent. Just well the, seen. You're not in branding uh, for F one. We're called the excellent tires. I, I couldn't. I or C C F one. I could not care less. The accelerators. Or there's there's no team called the Horsepowers, for example. The F one because the they're all owned by third party companies. Yep. Red Bull, Mercedes, Aston Martin, Force India, Williams, and all that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So that's going to be the opportunity. So I wouldn't be surprised if you saw. Team Aston Martin next year, or something like that. Team Castor, for example, kitting out the Majestics, potentially. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw that stuff. So, the names this year, absolutely rotten. But, they're so, it's almost like that clever marketing trick. They're so bad. You're talking about You're them. talking about them. Yeah, yeah. So, that is creating the buzz and the right. noise. I, for me, they're placeholders. Yeah, yeah. We'll it's, see like Piers, it's like Piers Morgan column. You just and pick people to insult and create absolute nonsense from that everyone will talk about it. And then storm off stage crying when someone says, <laughs> actually, you're wrong. <laughs> so, lots of goods, lots of bads. There are a few uglies as well, Bryce, or they're not. Ugly? I don't know. If, I mean, for me, there is. It's created amazing copy for us all year long, but see the, the angry, belligerent noise. The bots. They're bad. They are bots. Yep. Yeah, that's that. They're bad. I think that's an ugly side of it because it's it's creating this. It's making us and tox- them. a toxic place, i.e., Twitter, even more toxic. Yeah. And you're quite right. The us and them element it doesn't need to be like that. No, and I, the ugly stuff I don't like is players who've earned their living, paid for their houses, bought their flash cars, everything, got their pension fund sorted through the PGA Tour, turning around and saying PGA Tours going in a downward spiral and it sucks you think that's really unfair you know zero class to comments like that zero you've done class. very well out of it have uh-huh. your opinions think it can be improved but you, you've walked away you've made that call maybe just shut up about it yeah go and do what you want to do and enjoy it yeah but why can't turn, you talk about how great live is without talking about how bad the pj yeah, is yeah and i think that that to me that cries to an agenda that's mm. coming from somewhere at live that we need to talk that down yeah there's been a lot of that this That's year. Ugly. I would say, and I think this is important to point out, not all the players have been like that. It is a minority of... There's a few of them. Say, like yeah. Phil Mickelson, right? He's been bad for it. Poulter has been really quite mouthy. A bit mm-hmm. of a... Yeah, just a bit mouthy on Twitter when he doesn't need to be. Like, his sign-off in the season was going so well. He wrote this sign-off on social media. He was talking about how great a year he's had, how much he's enjoyed it, how innovative and groundbreaking and... It was really quite good. Thank you very much to the fans and those who got interested. And then he has feels the need to sign off with a and for all you haters, you know what you can do, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you don't need that. Rory McIlroy has haters, but at the end of this season, is he going to say anything about them? Is Justin Thomas? It's almost like they're being told, keep prodding, mm-hmm. keep poking the bear. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's going to be good for living the long term because people are getting bored of it already. It's quite exhausting the constant... The aggressive nature yeah. of it's exhausting. Uh-huh. And if I'm... I don't know any of the Saudi guys that are ploughing the money in or anything like that, but if they are sincere in what they're saying, that they want to be seen as not the country that people think they are, not the the people that people think they are, we're changing, or the better. 
aggressiveness and hostility like that ain't the way to do it because yeah. that's reinforcing everything that people dislike about the source of the money. Yeah. I think they'll need to get Phil Mickelson to shut up, to be quite honest. Stop inviting him into the broadcast. Yeah. He's a grown man. Just oh, there's another bad for you. The commentary. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's in the ugly section. Is it? Oh, it's does, it does it float between? Because it's, 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 really it's dreadful. It's dreadful. The overly enthusiastic influencers doing the questions is pretty bad as well. Everything's amazing. It, literally everything is amazing. Uh, see, I think that's a shame because people aren't getting the opportunity to decide for themselves uh -huh. if it's good or They're not. They're just told it's amazing. Yeah. One of the best bits of advice I ever got was when you're writing a story, don't say, interestingly, on the second hole, take that out. Let the audience decide on your information if it's interesting or not. Yeah. Don't tell them it's great. So there's a little bit too much rara. We know the reasons again, Bryce. We're not daft. We know why they're doing it. But, but it will be interesting to see what happens next year. Yes. Very interesting. But more importantly, it'll be the year after that that I think we'll really get an understanding mm -hmm. of where it lives going. Exactly. This was the dip the toe in the water year. Next year's let's get some foundations and the year after that is build. Exactly. Kind of on a, a similar note, it involves live a little bit, but Martin Slumbers did a, an interview with John Huggin called Digest at the weekend. Really lots of interesting stuff in there. One of the things that came from that was that Martin Slumbers says live golfers aren't going to be banned from playing in the open. A lot of talk about what's going to happen in the majors, but do you think that's the, the right decision? Of course it is. They can't ban them. The only group that has a slight hold over live is Augusta National Golf Club because even though you qualify for Augusta it's essentially an invitational and they are their own body they sit at the top table but they don't really have to interact with anyone else at any time they can call the shots any way they want but really when you think about it is it in Augusta National's interest we'll come to Mark Slimmer's comments in a moment is it in Augusta National's interests to not have some of those guys at the Masters I don't think it is. just creates negative noise, and Martin Slumbers knows that. The Open is the Open. It's an open field. Anyone in the world. That's what makes the Open so good. It's the beauty of it, isn't it? Anyone in the world can enter that, assuming you can hit a ball. So, no, it doesn't surprise me. And to be honest, I thought we all already knew that. I do think we are slightly late to saying this. And that seems to be... Everyone seems to be scuttling off in the background, deciding how they react to live... Because Liv's been going for a, quite a long time now. And that's really the first time the RNA have said unequivocally, well, well, yes, they can play. I think that's... It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. But it goes to show the turmoil at golf's top table that nobody really knows how to deal with it until now. And I would suspect a few others will speak up now. But to be honest, I'll just take that out. What's come out of my mouth straight back. I don't think you heal a peep from Augusta until Augusta National. Until, until, the Masters. until the Masters. It's not in their interest to say anything just now, is it? No. Anything can happen between now and April. They don't exactly. need to speak between now and April if they don't want to. I, I thought what Martin Slumber said that was really interesting was maybe the consequence of where we are is that we only get to see all of the very best players together four times a year, so we'll enjoy it four times a year. This is a point that we made months ago that actually... If you're a major championship or you're a stakeholder in one of the four majors, of course you're not going to ban these players because you want the best field. The Open without Cam Smith. What? The Masters without Cam Smith or Brooks Kepka or Bryson or Joaquin Neiman. 
Why would they do that? What to, to do a favour to the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour? They're not interested in that. No. They're interested in their own event being the best it can be. Mm-hmm. So I think Martin Slumbers is quite right in what he says. I do think that's going to be potentially good for the majors, that it's going to be the only time that you get to see the best fields. It's an absolute nightmare for the PGA Tour because suddenly Players' Championship that was trying to inch closer and closer to the majors and it was even said to me at Augusta this year by a very, very well-known golf journalist that the Players is a much better event than US PGA now and has been for a few years. Next year, it's going to miss a lot of guys. That gap's widening. Yeah, Fifth major, I'm very There good. was no doubt when you watched the players the last couple of years it had sort of that elevated status. It it felt like a big event. I know they had all the crap in the background, but it did feel like a big deal. And if you're losing all those guys, you're taking the best of what's left. Correct. Yeah. Which is a standard PGA Tour event. Yep, spot on. But next year they're not going to have their defending champion. Yeah. Unbelievable. Unless something changes. Unless peace breaks out, we'll see. Another note last week that, (laughs) of course he did. Donald Trump showed up, played in the Pro-Am of the Live Team Championship and spoke to the media and said that the RNA wants to take the Open to Turnberry. Not so, according to the RNA, who very quickly dismissed that and said that their position hasn't changed. They're happy with the group of courses that they've got. It does reignite the old narrative discussion point, Bryce, should Turnberry be on the rota? Where do you stand? Oh, there's no doubt it should be in the rota, but there's obviously political differences there which get in the way. And I've, I've I heard from a phenomenal source that Trump's relationship with the RNA is absolutely not what he is saying. How do you mean, sorry? Well, He's got this idea that, you know, he, he's saying that the RNA wants Turnberry. Yeah, yeah, it does. But not with him. Yeah. yeah exactly. So there's there's a, the RNA are caught. I, I, I think they're going about it the right way. He He's created this problem, Donald Trump. And it's really, it, it's quite sad because there's an absolutely phenomenal golf course missing from the, the rota. Which he's largely responsible for, lest we forget, yeah. golf course. Uh-huh. But it is a problem. And I think he, he turns up at Bedminster and the first thing he does is hit a shot and just creates controversy straight out of his mouth, creates controversy. At Doral, you mean, last week with yeah. the Joe Biden Yeah, stuff. sorry. And yeah. you think, that's not what they want. Completely agree. Same at, at Bedminster, where the crowd all start chanting that, you know... What's Let's the, go Brandon or something? Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. That insult to Joe Biden. There's Marjorie Taylor Greene standing right next to him, you know, chanting it back at them. He's geeing them on. And that's before you even mention January the 6th and all the stuff that's going on there. Uh-huh. For all the good that he does in terms of building great golf courses and enhancing existing golf courses, Donald Trump just brings too much noise, toxicity, all of the worst elements that golf doesn't want or need. Uh-huh. We'll leave Liv and Trump and RNA there. Let's look quickly, Bryce, at the Portugal Masters. Obviously, the final event of the regular season on the DP World Tour. 30 under par, Jordan Smith's winning score. 62, 67, 63, 62. Or was it 62, 63? What the hell is yeah. that? I'll be honest, it's not hugely long. And you know, some of the some of the back tees are not 
as far back as you would expect, but thirty under par is thirty under par. Yeah, still, still got to got, get the ball in the hole. Yes, you still got to go and do that. You played it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, what did I mean, you shoot? I've, eighty or oh, eighty. I shot eighty six. Eighty six. So on two of the four days. Jordan Smith, I th- twenty-four shots better. Than yeah, me. I think I would have been, I think I would have been dead last every day. Some of the scores, I mean, I looked at Perez and he was three under and he missed the cut. Yeah, I think Victor, was, not Pat. Uh, he was, he was two. I think he missed the cut at two under or one under. Actually, oh, we'll get but to that. just unbelievable. But that's that's the beauty of golf. And that's that how good it, is. it, it, it reinforces does, what you said last yeah, week about not wanting bifurcation. Yeah, it does set up. There's a there's more than a few holes at the Victoria Course where you can take a take a chance, and it does favour big hitters. And it like the greens are phenomenal. They're really soft. I'll be honest. I didn't think they were that quick. So if they're not that quick and they're soft, and you've got quite a few par fives, and there's a couple of potentially drivable. Well, there's one definite drivable par four. You can pick up shots, but 30 under par is, is howling. It's astonishing, isn't it? It's unreal. Imagine shooting 27 under par and not winning. That's it. Opposite end of that leaderboard, though, opposite end of race to Dubai rankings, a lot of guys lost their playing privileges. This is, without putting too fine a point on it, this is one of the most brutal weekends in golf because a lot of guys are now wondering, am I going to have a career next year? What's it going to look like? Where am I going to play? David Drysdale would be amongst those. We know David quite well. He's been a mainstay of the tour for well over a decade. He's now having to go to Q School just to retain his playing privileges. And if he doesn't get that, then what? Is he going to want to drop down to the Challenge Tour? Does he have the any alternative? I mean, <laughs> sounds melodramatic, but I promise you it's not. Livelihoods are on the line here. Q School is just misery. When you talk to anyone that's been there and gone through it, it's a horrible experience. It's a slog, isn't it? It's a slog. You've got to turn up every day. Whatever mistake you make, you've got to turn it around within a few holes or you're in real trouble. It's hard. And that's to say nothing of all the guys who are coming through. Mm-hmm. Young, just turned pro maybe, trying to get, trying to basically take your career away from you. Yeah. The standard, I think it's the standard through. now is is much better than it's been in the last 10, 15 years. There's there's no doubt about it. I think players are fitter, they're stronger, they hit the ball further. Uh, I think there's more determination to be athletic than there was 10, 15 years ago. So if you're if you're not in in form and you're hanging on and you go to tour school, that's hard. Mm-hmm. Golf, as you said, it golf's cutthroat. There's no messing about. It's difficult. Listen to what Scott said last week. You know, you get... You get an injury or you get a bit unlucky or you, you hit some a bit of poor form and tur- you got to turn it around. Consequences are massive. Or, I mean, yeah. look, we have bad days, but it doesn't change anything. No. Still come into work the next day and we've still got a job. But you have a bad day on tour, that could be it for you. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it is cutthroat. And we're going to speak to someone after the break who can maybe tell us a little bit more about the process of getting there and, unfortunately, why he's no longer in a position to provide that for the next generation of players. That is the chief executive of the former, now, Euro Pro Tour, Dan Godding, will be on the show right after this. To create an iron that performs like nothing else, you need to build it like no one else has. So we constructed the new Rogue ST irons with a high-strength 450 AI face cup. 
doubled its tungsten weighting for optimal launch and added even more urethane microspheres for exceptional feel and sound. Every aspect of Rogue ST has been precision tuned to create our longest iron ever. The new Rogue ST irons from Callaway, the kings of distance. Welcome back. Part two of this week's Bunkered podcast in association with Callaway, Michael McEwen and Bryce Ritchie here with you. Bryce, we talked about this last week, the latest edition going on sale. It is now on sale. Lots of fantastic stuff in there. Two magazines for the price of one, so you'll get your regular Bunkered and our very special Winter Guide, which has been made in association with Ping. Loads of brilliant content in there. And as we said last week, best way to get to it is to subscribe. International subscriptions also available if you are one of our many overseas listeners. So if you want to receive the magazine, go on to bunkered.co.uk forward slash sub offer. £36 for the year. You'll get 10 issues next year, not eight. 10 issues and you'll get half a dozen Callaway golf balls as well. Brilliant deal. Great value for money. I would say that, but, you know, objectively it is. <laughs> you make a good magazine, Bryce. That's, that's what I'm saying. So, the Europro Tour was the UK's number one golf tour. It was an official satellite of the European, rather DP, World Tour. It had the biggest prize funds in European developmental golf and was broadcast to over 500 million people globally. It was also the place where a number of household names made their first big moves in professional golf. I'm thinking of guys like Louis Tazen and so on. Unfortunately, it's now no more. The most recent season came to a climax just a couple of weeks ago in Ireland, and that is not only the end of this season, it's the end of the Europro Tour. We are joined by Dan Godding, Chief Executive of the Europro Tour. Dan, welcome to the Bunker Podcast. Thank you so much. I'm honoured to be on. Good Chief Executive sounds really important, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I always like introducing Chief Executives because you're like, oh, wait a minute. Everyone sort of takes yeah. a pause and a deep breath. It's, oh, the boss is going to speak. So it's always, always good fun with that. Well, it's so funny. I often joke with, um, with people that I'm sort of head of about 20 departments. But, um, but, that's, <laughs> but, but that's really cool. It's really cool. And it's lovely to be here, Michael. Thanks so much for inviting me. No, thank you for the time. Because obviously, you know, I, I, I do have an apology to make. You know, we should really have done this when things were better, when the Europro was doing well. And, oh. you know, we, we, we should have had you on long before now. So I do apologise that we're speaking oh, no in need, these circumstances. No obviously... I, th I think everyone will be well aware now that the Europro Tour is sadly no more. The final event taking place there in Ireland just a, a couple of weeks ago. So it's, it's still all quite fresh. It's still all quite raw. But we'll, we'll get to the ins and outs in a second, Dan. First of all, how are you? How are things for, yeah, at, at your end? Gosh, that's so kind. <laughs> no, I'm I'm fine. I mean, it's, it was a big thing to, um, to sort of happen. And, uh, you know, it's taken myself and my my team um you know a long time to sort of wake up and realize that my god this has actually happened and you know the tours come to a come to a close and it, it's weird really not to be arranging next year mm -hmm. um i think that's the strangest thing for me i mean this at this point in the year i would normally be running around the country like, like a nutter um <laughs> you know getting all getting all the contracts and the sponsors in and, and 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 getting the tour organized for next year and um I'm not doing that. I'm sitting here having a cup of tea and having a chat with yourself. <laughs> it's, uh, so it's um, it's completely uh, different, I suppose. But but yeah, it's it's uh, 
it's okay. I mean, it's um, been a big hit for the team. You know, we've had um, we've had a few tears actually. I mean, I'm I'm not an emotional person, but a few a few of the team have really have really found it hard. So um, so yeah, it's a big thing to happen. But you know, we every, every good thing comes to an end, and we and we just move on. Just for the benefit of of listeners, how many people did you have working on your team at the Europro? Well, it's really amazing. So during the winter, um, as I joked about a second ago, being ahead of so many departments, um, it's pretty much uh, two to three of us during the winter. Um, but during the summer, that team can go up to fifty. Um, so, so, so yeah, it can be quite a big, um, uh, a big sort of uh, involvement from PGA to TV to promotions and press and, and so forth. It can be, it can grow quite quite significant. Um, and then when you start involving volunteers and that type of stuff, that the team just keep, keeps going. Um, so um, yeah, directly sort of responsible. I'll say in, in the summer. You're looking between 40 to 50 people, yeah. My goodness, it's a proper operation. And, you know, Bryce and I got to see that for ourselves firsthand. We played in the, the Motocaddy Masters Pro-Am last year and our big takeaway was just how... I know this sounds like a really silly thing to say about what was a professional tour, but we were really stunned by how professionally run it was. You know, every box was ticked and they had all the things in the right places. The signage was great, the... The vibe was good. The the communication with the players seemed to be really good. The players Thank seemed to you. be happy. Yeah. So all of which, I guess, begs the difficult question, how and why was the decision made to close the tour? Yeah, so basically it, it's, been, it's been a tough couple of years, to be honest. Um, when I got hold of the tour in 2012, it wasn't in a very good way. Um, we worked really hard to get it into... The position that it that it was in um, by 2018, 2019, which was, you know, the leading developmental tour on the planet, really. Um, mm. 500 million homes, 138 countries, and our social media was enormous. Um, players and membership was was enormous, and you know we were growing. Um, and then I suppose um, going 2019 into 2020, a couple of big sponsors, and, and the tour was really moving in the right direction. And then um, you know, and then COVID. Simple as that. We we lost our Q school in 2020, and uh, we lost three really big sponsors pulled out on us, um, and um, and it just started to really hit home. And we've noticed that over the last couple of years, um, player numbers are down, uh, TV audience figures were coming down, press was coming down. Um, you know, we just noticed that there wasn't really. Um, you know, much sort of longevity in it moving forwards. Um, and of course, matchroom sport was putting more and more into it to keep it going. Um, and it just got to a point, I think, where the matchroom board just turned around and said, well, it, it's not right. It's not the right fit anymore. And, um, and that was pretty much it, really. The decision was made um, that we just simply weren't going into 2023. Um, financially, it didn't make sense. The tour wasn't viable anymore, and and that was it. Doors doors closed. It's such a shame, isn't it? Because, like I said, it was so well run, and you had an incredible group of players. You had some incredible success yeah. stories as well. When you yeah. look at some of the players that that came through, having used this as part of the, I guess, the professional pathway, it's going to leave a big hole, isn't it? It will leave a big hole. I mean, the tour itself was. It wasn't operated to make money in any way, shape, or form. You know, Barry was um, Barry Herm was putting an awful lot into it to keep it going. The, the tour, the whole premise of the tour, was to find and develop. Um, and you know, right from media training to the cameras to keeping the price funds up as high as we could possibly keep them, 
Um, you know, it was it was to give top five as much money as we possibly could to keep them going onto the Challenge Tour and upwards. And um, you know, you were very kind to say to say about the professional run tour. What, what, the way we ran the tour was literally the same as a European tour event. We just didn't have the ropes and the crowds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was pretty much. We made sure we ran it in the same way because then it gave the the players you know, the mentality and, and the, the education to go up and play on the top levels. And that certainly worked. I mean, we had, you know, Tyrrell, obviously, and then, you know, Aaron Rye most recently is mm-hmm. doing incredibly well. And, you know, I have these players speak to me quite quite frequently to say, you know, the tour really helped in their career. Um, and and we're, we're proud of what it achieves, really proud. And, yeah, it's going to leave it's going to leave a hole in the game for the next couple of years. And I hope... I hope that, you know, Clutch and, and Tartan and, and even the other tours in Europe, you know, can sort of fill the gap and hopefully in the next sort of two to three years, um, you know, everyone's forgot about the Europe Road. <laughs> <It's simple laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any risk of that. As you say, when you look at some of the players that have come through and have been successful having started out on the Euro Pro, it's, it's, it's got a legacy there that I think is going to endure for some time and, and rightly so. It's funny when you speak to players as well, be it Tyrrell, be it Aaron Rye, be it, say, Marcus Armitage or whoever, they've got nothing but good things to say about the Euro Pro mm. Tour. What's the relationship been like with the players over the past couple of years when things haven't been going as well? Yeah, it's, I mean, the 99% of players are, are fabulous. They just get on with their own business. Um, we have, you know, one or two percent of guys that will have questions, and I'm always around to answer those questions. Um, I think, I think the worst situation is when, you know, um, somebody uh, will think they know the answers, and they'll go and tell everyone the answers when they've never come to speak to me. Um, I've always been completely, utterly transparent. That's, that's one thing I, t- I think very important in life is is to literally be honest and transparent, because then nothing can come back and get you. Uh, but, um, but no, it's um, you know the tour. The tour wasn't making money. The tour, the tour was wasn't there for that reason. You know, it's um, it it, it, it that wasn't the purpose of the tour. And, and Barry was, as I say, you know, funding it to a certain degree. Um, you know, I had to start pulling back on things in the last couple of years because the money just simply wasn't there. Um, you know, the focus was to keep the prize funds up, and you know, I mean, we probably should have started halving prize funds just to keep the tour alive, but. That's not who we were. You know, we wanted to make sure that we, you know, were giving everything we possibly could back to the game. So, so it was, um, no, it's been okay. I mean, the, the, you know, I always said to the guys, come and talk to me. I always did Q&A to tour championships. And, you know, I always, I always sat there and, you know, within half an hour, everyone knew the truth and everyone could sort of just move on. Um, but um, I did as much as I could. I really did as much as I could for the, for the guys and, and hopefully, um, you know, hopefully they'll all they'll all have good careers. And the ones that don't, hopefully, would have would have learned enough to go and you know find careers elsewhere in their lives. Hopefully. How did they respond to news that the tour was closing? Because it must have come as a bit of a shock to some of them. And I guess for I don't know how many. I was going to say a handful, but I really don't know. But for for a number of them, it may leave them in a position where they have to make some tough decisions going forward. What were those communications like? Hugely sad, really. I mean, I mean, we were given the matchroom board met on the Monday um, to decide whether the tour was, you know, going to stay alive or not, um, and you know, to talk about the finances of the tour. Um, I received a phone call on the Monday at, at uh, four o'clock, um, and then you know, press release was written and so forth. The problem I had with the players is that 
I had a very tricky responsibility is that I had key stakeholders to let know, um, you know, con- contracts, um, sponsors and clubs that I had to let know um, we were closing down. And I had to let them know that before the press release came out. It, it would have been rude otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one problem I have with the players, we, we sent uh, an email out about three weeks before. Um, Sky, I've got this incredible piece of software that can spot swearing in the background of a program. Um, and sometimes it might not even be the person on screen. It could be 100 yards away, um, and they'll spot it. And we had a show that was going to go out on Sky. Our production team took nine um, swear words out the show within a, a two-hour show. And and they just didn't spot. And to be honest with you, it's hard to spot it with a naked ear. Um, you know, these other four. And Sky spotted these other four. Um, and they pulled the show. And, oh. and we had to quickly get it through edit and, and get it back out. And of course, this is in, this is in the um, the last two months of the tour. And you know, we're not realising at the time we're just about to go. But but um, and I sent an email out to the players to say, look, please be professional and please stop swearing because the cameras are picking it up. Um, and the problem that I have was in 30 seconds that email was on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had you know. Uh, four to five weeks later and I had an email to let the players know that we were shutting the tour um, I couldn't send that email out before I told key stakeholders because I was panicking that if I did it was going to end up on social media so so I had to um, I had to literally hold it back I ran out of time to be honest with you um, the press release went out on the Wednesday morning at nine o'clock um, and I just didn't have time to let everyone know before it went out and in actual fact, when the press release went out, I still had two sponsors and three clubs that I hadn't told. Um, we were we were closing, um, and they found out on the press release as well, which was enormously embarrassing. But we didn't really have a choice. But hey, there's nothing so, you um, can do. I mean, when you're against the clock like that as well, and let, let's be yeah. completely honest, Dan, there's never a good time to give bad news. So <laughs> no, it's, no, no, it's a but, tough um, position to be in. Yeah, but we had a few players, you know, asking me why there isn't no before the press release went out. And my honest answer was, one, I run out of time. Um, and secondly, I couldn't risk it. I couldn't risk them. I couldn't risk it being on social and being in the papers before um, I'd let as many sponsors know as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, and as many, of course, I had, I had a whole load of staff to tell as well. Um, you know, not to mention, you know, we had a call with the European Tour. We had a call with... Sky and, and so forth. There was a huge amount of people to speak to um, on that Tuesday. Um, I was actually, I was actually down in Cornwall on the Tuesday, and I remember I just stood on the front in Mevagissey Harbour, and I literally was just on my phone from God knows when in the morning until God knows when in the evening. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean, just, just calling as many people as I possibly could because um you know some people wanted to talk for half an hour and I'm on my I'm on my, I'm on my phone looking at my watch thinking I've got another thirty phone calls to make <laughs> <laughs> you know so um so so yeah it was a shame I couldn't let the players know before the press release but we really I didn't have a chance to be honest so yeah, yeah it, was, I, it was a little bit quick. I think what you've described there, that's, that's perfectly reasonable, Isabel. As I said, never a good time to give bad news, but you know, you had a process that you had to follow and I think if people are being fair and now that they've heard your, your version of events, then hopefully they'll accept. Yep, okay, I get it. Might still might yeah, not like it, yeah. but I mean that's that's life, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it, it really is. I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, we've obviously there's a lot of careers here mm-hmm. that have that have shut down. I mean, you know, mine for <laughs> one, um, but, but I'm not. You know, that immediately I'm I'm thinking straight away of my TD. I'm thinking straight away of my camera crew, and I'm thinking straight away of, of my press. And you know, huge amounts of actual 100% careers, not not part-time careers. These are these are people who rely solely on Europro. Um, you know, and 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 these, you know, there's probably about six or seven of those guys, which I'm suddenly thinking, my God, I've just, I've just, you know, you're out of a job here. Um, yeah. And and you know, and then we've got a whole lot of freelancers obviously through the season. But it was, um, but it wasn't nice to be honest. And I've I've tried as hard as I can to find people work to try and push them forward to other companies and and you know try and try and use as many contacts in my black book as I possibly can for them but it's um it's not it's not pleasant really it was quite an awful time so so yeah it was a it was it was it was a tough tough it was a tough Tuesday to be honest yeah so, how much more difficult has it been you know the not just the closing down of the tour but the the struggles you've had to endure the last couple of years because of covid you know circumstances out with your control how difficult has it been to see other tours shall we say popping up with lots and lots of money or finding lots and lots of money to throw at some of the richest people ever to play the game i'm not putting words in your mouth here dan but i know for me <laughs> that would that would feel quite galling yeah, I mean, it's a sad state, really. I mean, you know, I always, I always use the phrase, you know, you know, castles in the sky, you know, and and I always, I always say that if you have a skyscraper and you took out the first three stories, it will collapse. And mm-hmm. you know, the, the the fact is, with golf right now, there's an awful lot of focus and an awful lot of money going at the top. Um, and you know, as I said recently to to somebody else, is that you need to really look at the bottom and make sure that the talent is coming up because. At the end of the day, for all of these tours, I don't care who you are, for all of these tours, the product is the player. You know, if, if you don't have a Tiger Woods, you don't have a golf tour. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, if you, don't, if you don't concentrate on making sure that the talent is coming through, then you're going to run out of your product really quickly. And I just think, um, you know, it, it, it was a shame. I mean, when, when you're running the Europro and you're, you're every penny you're trying to scratch and, and, and you're trying to get as many sponsors as you can, be it a two grand sponsor or 15, 20 grand sponsor, you're, you're doing everything you can to try and get one. And and then you're looking at someone getting paid four and a half million for first place and you're like, wow, yeah. <laughs> if, only, if only we could have 10% of that. You know, you know what I mean? It, was, it would be huge. So yeah, it is a shame. And I, I just hope that the big tours, you know, all get together and they all just say, look, we need a developmental structure because if we don't have one, um, you know, they can rely on the tours that are coming up. And, and I'm, I'm fully supportive, by the way, of all the tours. I really am. And, you know, we can rely on the tours coming up, but there's an awful lot of pressure for these little tours, um, you know, to be running the whole developmental structure of golf. Um, that's enormous. I mean, Tom's a really good friend of mine at Clutch and, and I was speaking to him recently and saying, my God, I mean, that's a lot of pressure to suddenly be now, we are the developmental structure in the UK for these guys to come up and through. I mean, you know, the, the big tours should really be looking at it and saying, well, you know, we need to support that and, and make sure that, you know, we're doing everything we can to, to bring these players and sign these players um, because otherwise they're just going to run out of their products. And, that, and that's, that's, the major, that's the major problem I can see happening in the next five, ten years. 
let's finish on a, a, a sunnier note, if you like, Dan. Oh, cool. You look yeah. back over the last 10 years that you've been at the, at the Euro Pro Tour. What are you most proud of? What's, what's your happiest memory that you're going to take into your next <laughs> venture? Do you know what? It's really funny, actually. Um, when, when Aaron won the Scottish Open, I almost jumped uh, at the TV <laughs> so hard. I actually, I actually had to bounce myself back off the wall from behind the TV without hitting it um, because, because I was so excited. Um, you know, when, when I see these guys play at the top level, and Aaron's a really good friend. I mean, he, he's my generation, really. So, mm. you know, of being involved. You know, he was 2015, right in the middle of, of my term. Um, and, um, you know, to see these guys and Marcus as well, to see all these guys go up and, and do what they've done is, is clearly the highlight, um, of my career. I mean, that is just absolutely amazing. Um, I suppose on a selfish personal note, then the Northern Irish over at Clanley Boyle are, are, are amazing. Um, Spay Valley, you know, the guys at McDonald's at Spay and, and in Aberdeen at Montrose. Um, you know, the hospitality we've got, Newcastle, um, you know, with, um, with, with, um, you know, Slaley and, you know, everybody has just been incredible hospitality all over the country. Um, and the highlight for me is just knowing and meeting people and shaking hands and just having so many friends all over the country. You know, it's, it's been, it's been a real wonderful term actually. And I, I thank everyone for making it so enjoyable. Yeah. Well said indeed. So, What's next? What what does the future look like for you, Dan? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got a few months to try and think about it. And then, mm. um, you know, I'm going to stay in golf. Um, Good. I'm going to stay probably more in a, in a consulting role, I would imagine. Um, and, um, and you know, just, just, just grow on the friendships and, and, and the PR and the experience that I've got, really. Um, but um, it's an interesting time for me, I suppose. I haven't really thought about me, actually. <laughs> um, it's an interesting time, I suppose. But, you know, as long as everyone around me is, is okay um, and, you know, mentally stable, then I'll be happy. Um, that's, that's really the key for me, I suppose, at the moment. So, so um, you know, I'm just making sure that that's achieved. And then when that's achieved, um, we can sit down and have a coffee and, and find out what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, good for you. Well, I'm glad to hear you're staying in golf because the game needs more good people in it. And you're definitely one of those oh, who've done a phenomenal you. job that's with the Euro Pro Tour. And I'm sure I echo the thoughts of, of all the players who whose careers you've impacted in such a positive way. So all that really remains to say is, well done. What a run it was. And... Very sorry that it's ended, but here's hoping there are some bright, bright things on the horizon for you well, and the rest of your team. Well, you're so kind. Thank you to you. Thank you to Bankard and, and thank you to everyone involved. And, um, you know, this is obviously going out to, to everyone, but I mean, obviously, particularly for Scotland, um, hospitality has been incredible. We love it. We love everyone up there. So a uh, big thank you to everyone. And um, yeah, I hope to, hope to see everyone again. Here's hoping. Dan Godding, thank you very much indeed. Many thanks to Dan Godding for his time there and for his candour. It's not an easy thing to talk about, Bryce, you know, losing effectively the thing that's employed you for the last number of years, the thing you've poured your heart and soul into, you've invested so much of your time, effort and energy. So thank you to Dan for taking the time to speak to us. Look, we, we saw the Euro Pro Tour last year when we went and played in the Motocaddy Masters Pro-Am at Leven. We said it at the time, we said it on the podcast, we were really impressed, genuinely yeah. really impressed by what a good setup it was. Yeah. It's a it's a big loss. It's huge. It's huge for young professionals hoping to make their way. Certainly in 
in Britain and you think, where are they going to go now? You know, yes, there are a few other options, but those options, in my opinion, are not as professional as the Euro Pro Tour. It offered yeah. good money. They're certainly not as established. No. And I think with something as established as that, it did bring an element of security. You knew what you were getting week yeah. in, week out, season to season. And, uh, you know, we know a few of the guys that were on the tour. You know, when you play, uh, I, w- I won't mention his name, but we, we played with a guy and he was talking about, you know, it was money to week to week. You need to bring in some money. They had respect for the tour. I think that's the one thing the Euro Pro Tour had over some of the other tours, that, that people liked it. They had the respect of the guys running the tour. They put a lot of effort in. Uh, and to be honest, it is heartbreaking for the grassroots game. And a lot of people say, well, it's not grassroots game. No, it is. This is what gives these guys a platform to go out and play competitive professional golf. And it's been taken away. So that there's, there's now they have to go and play in, in different parts of the world to go and do that, which costs more money. You know, there's other tours, MENA tour, there's the Alps tour. A lot of guys will go and play satellite tours in the States, like mini tours in the States. But you go over to the... How many people do we know have gone to the mini tours in the States and you never see them again? Well, yeah. I can genuinely think of one Scottish player that's gone over and played mini tours and made it. And that is Martin Laird. And he was clearly better than most of the guys there. But he will tell you as well, it was tough. You know, I think he only won once in one of those tours. It is hard. So I do feel for the young pros in Britain that um, they've got some decision-making to do for next year because it costs money. 100%. It's not cheap. Being, being a, if you're under 25 and you're a professional golfer and you don't have a challenge tour card, I always think, how, how do they pay the bills? Mm-hmm. How do they do it? So where are they going to go next year? I know. And I'd like to also say that I think it's heartbreaking for, we're talking about players, I think it's heartbreaking for all the staff at the Euro Pro Tour. Yeah. Dan's lost his job. You know, these are hardworking people. We know some of the guys that do some of the media duties for Euro Pro Tours. It's brutal. I could think of a tour that could use some of them as well. Who knows how it's all going to work out. But yeah. like, big thanks to Dan for, as I say, coming on and what a run it had. You know, the Euro Pro Tour had a brilliant, brilliant run. It's going to be a big loss. And yeah, here's here's hoping it all settles for the best. But yeah, big loss. Podder of merit, Mr. Richie. You're Billy Big Bollocks last week, yeah. weren't you? Eh? <laughs> oh, brilliant. Rory won. I picked Rory six weeks in a row and here I am. I'm now leading. It wasn't six. Four. I don't think it was, <laughs> it was actually. pretty close to Maybe four, about actually. Three out of six. Yeah. So... You turned the tables on me. I was 7-1 up and you somehow, thanks Rory, you got to 8-7. Yeah. So, a bit of pressure on me on for, for first time in a long time in this game. Last week at oh, Portugal Masters. Yep, yep. Last week, Portugal Masters, Victoria Course, we spoke about it before the break. Jordan Smith's ridiculous 30-under par winning score. Bryce, you went, as it was your honour, for Victor Perez. Remind me. And the listeners, why you chose Dundee Vic? Uh, I actually can't remember. <laughs> can't remember. But he didn't play well. And he's. I looked at his stats. He wasn't He wasn't great. No. He had a very poor... Was it first round or second round? Second round was 72. Yeah, first, he opened with 68. So 68, yeah. 72. Most weeks you go, that's pretty good. Opened him with 68 at that tournament. It's like me shooting 86. <laughs> pretty much, actually. Yeah, yeah. You put it uh, like that. Shocking. 
So Vic got the weekend off. Yeah, I went back to for Dundee. back to Dundee. Yeah, but out in uh, Fat Sam's and is uh, that still a thing? Fat I Sam's? think so. Yeah, is it? I think so. I've we're we're going to Dundee next. We're we're going to headquarters next week. This week we nice. could probably be turning. Is it this week? This Thursday. Just as well you said <laughs> that. So we're going next week. Yeah, we're going to Dundee DC Thompson headquarters, and to be honest, we could get sacked. They they tell us that they're taking us there for well, lunch they, and a tour and all they that. They don't realise they're taking us into the boardroom to say. You two muppets. You're fired. That's it. But yeah, that's Dundee. I mean, I've if I was Victor, I'd have been going out just on the sauce. Maybe he did. Maybe that's why you missed the cut. Potentially. So I went for another Scott. <laughs> I went for Bob McIntyre. So Bob also opened with a 68, followed up with a 69, only three shots better than Victor, but enough to make the cut. And then went 66-67 over the weekend to finish in a pretty substantial tie for 18th. Thank you very much, Bob. Just what I needed. That is a point for yours truly. And as it stands, it's 8-all. 8-all. Now, that's the kind of drama that you can't buy, love. (laughs) (laughs) This is the big one. People might have turned off and it was 7-1. That's the problem. (laughs) So it is now eight all. Both of us, either of us, could win this weekend. And what an absolutely massive tournament to potentially decide it. It is the Worldwide Technology Championship. Honestly, it's like like they made that up. Worldwide Technology, what do they do? Uh, Obviously technology. Well, go ahead. uh, I want you to to tell me. Maybe maybe this should be a, a standing feature. What does we, the sponsor actually what do? What does the sponsor actually do? Who is the sponsor? Let's go to the PGA Tour app. And we are given nothing. We get storylines, field notes, worldwide technology. I'm going to have to Google it. Two seconds. A step-by-step guide to assess security, posture, Build alignment, reduce risk, and deliver business value. That just sounds like managing speak, David. <laughs> no I, don't like that. I have no idea what any of this means. Let's see if I can get a basic. Here's what we are. Yeah, where's the about? There we are. That's a bit of a good laugh. About. Make a new world happen. This simple phrase encapsulates our ambition and what we do, not just for our customers, but for our people. And the communities across the, lo- the globe. We are thinkers and doers. We combine strategy and execution to help organize blah. What do. do you do? I don't know. Do you, you do make cars? Stuff. Do you take stuff? I, right, think, okay, there I we go. think they build websites. I think that's what that is. I have absolutely no idea. Technology stuff. <laughs> that's brutal. Assessing worldwide strategic te- growth. Who do you work for? Capsulations. Worldwide technology. And what does that involve? Stuff well, where we grow strategic growth. Is- <laughs> no. No, I don't know. That, that should be a standing feature now. What's the sponsor? Also, remember, Mayakoba has one of the one of the most hideous trophies in golf. It's a like a wooden chameleon sitting on a plinth. Oh yeah. <laughs> multicolored. That, that's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. It's up there with the Nelson Mandela Invitational Trophy that Scott Jameson won a few years ago. Yeah. Google it. I mean. So, who am I picking? Because it's my honour. I've, I've almost forgotten what that's like, Bryce. Who am I choosing? You know what? 
I'm going to go for a guy who he's actually been playing relatively well. It's going to be his third start of the PGA Tour season. He was fifth at the Zozo, 21st at CJ Cup a couple of weeks ago. He holds the 72-hole record for the tournament, 261, which he posted en route to winning in 2021. And he won it again last year. So I'm going for, hopefully, a three-peat for Victor Hovland. Ah. Bring it home, Vic. Yeah, I am going to go for a man who is making his debut this week. After Tony Finau. I've just got First a wee, time playing in the tournament, is yeah, it really? Yeah, I've got a wee sneaky that Finau's going to have a good year next year. I mean, he had such a good year last year for that little spell where he was almost unplayable around about the FedEx Cup playoffs. Hasn't played a huge amount since then. No. So I'm going for Fina. You think he can pick up where he left off? Mm-hmm. Doesn't know the golf course? Doesn't matter. Okay. I'll be honest, it does matter. Y- yes. Usually. Fina versus Hovland. Is that, are you comfortable yes. with that? Yes. Final answer? Yep. You got it. Who holds the 18-hole record in the Mayakoba Classic? The 18-hole record? Shot a 61. Posted it in 2008, third round. No idea. 2008? Don't know. The very, very well-known household name, Roland Thatcher. Oh, Thatch. Roly. Yeah. <laughs> Roland Thatcher. Yeah. Who the hell is that? Who indeed, Bryce? There were guys on the leaderboard at the weekend. I, I'd never heard of them. I'd never genuinely thought, who the hell is that? Never seen them before. Is that not because it's just the start of a new season? Yeah. There's a lot of corn fairy grads Sh- that are playing. Shoulder months and yeah. all that, but still. <laughs> I know, I know. So no. El Camaleon Golf Course Mayakoba, remember that's the one that's got like the big cave that doubles up as a bunker or hazard in the middle of one of the fairways. I genuinely want to go in that cave just to see mm-hmm. what it's like. See what it's like. You probably would if you were playing it. Probably. It might never be seen again, though. Yeah, yeah. And what happens if they've got, like, dragons and stuff? Yeah, I don't think they do. Komodo dragons, to be clear, Komodo not dragons. Game of Thrones. Yeah. So, that is the... Komo- Game of Thrones dragons are not real, you know that, don't you? Ah, yeah, they, they died out years ago. All right, okay. <laughs> like werewolves. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mo- moving on. Worldwide Technology Championship at Mayakoba. There is no DP World Tour event this week. There was meant to be an event in Cyprus, but that got cancelled some months ago. So no DP World Tour event. And there is the Total Classic on the LPGA as well. So, honesty box to finish up. Bryce, it is Halloween, as we mentioned at the top of the show. In the spirit of Halloween. Nothing? Spirit? Yeah, I got the link. Yeah, yeah, I got the link. Excellent. What is the scariest thing? In golf. Joggers. Joggers. Really? Yeah, yeah, they're just... Explain. I couldn't... I don't have the legs for joggers. You're right. I don't think anyone... I don't think anyone can get away with joggers. Justin Thomas? No, I just... I thought he looked dreadful. Eric Van Rooyen? Even worse. (laughs) And I've seen Finau wear them. And Finau's quite a cool guy, but... No, I I just think joggers is... uh, It's not a good look. I think they look awful. And it, it does terrify me that people are going to start turning up on golf courses dressed like that. One of my mates, when I turned up at our golf weekend, uh, we, we played downfield. And he turned up in joggers, and it, thankfully I wasn't playing with him. But it was just horrendous. Genuinely, it's quite scary. 
I don't have a problem with them. I, 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 they're all right. I do have a problem with them. They're not all right. I, I can't. I can't really say anything. I, I wore <coughs> Castor shorts to Valderrama, but they're athletic wear. Athletic wear. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Multi-purpose athletic so, shorts. So are joggers. That's very true. Again, I don't have an issue. Are you just scared of ankles? No, I'm just scared of the look. There must be there must be like an actual fear of ankles. Let me just Google that. Like an, a proper something something phobia. Fear of ankles phobia. No way. So I suppose it's linked to podophobia. A condition that causes people to experience extreme anxiety. Pod- podophobia is Pod- what you had for seven weeks. <laughs> nice. Extreme anxiety any time they're exposed to feet. For goodness sake. That's a thing. Who knew? Feet. No, I don't like I don't like joggers. But it, it, well, I'm sure our apparel partners will be delighted by that news. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> that's a good point. In my own game, I suppose I have the fear of the approach at the twelfth at Balfron. If you get a good three wood away, you can be thirty four. The twelfth. 30, 40 yards from the green. It's a wee raised green, yeah, yeah. but it slopes off the back. So you've got to get your yardage right with your wedge. And that gives me the fear every single time. Because you're a chipping a putt from a, from a birdie from 30, 40 yards. Half the time you don't do it. Most of the time you don't do it. And that gives me the fear because you just... Chunking wedges is... Chunking wedges to our green where it slips away at the back and it's sloping at the front. And it's just gives you the... So I'm laughing Skitties. at the idea that you know you're standing with a wedge in your hand, knowing it's an up and down for birdie, and you're going, "I don't like this." I know. Actually, but scared of making birdies. Me fear. Uh-huh. It's a tougher hole than it looks. I would have to say the scariest thing in golf. I've given this some thought, and without much shadow of a doubt, it's Jim Furyk's Ryder Cup record. Yeah, that's quite bad. <laughs> it's truly that's... awful. You need to do the the. The stats on his record before Glen Eagles, and I think during Glen Eagles, I, I actually thought, why does he play in this? What, his Ryder Cup record was horrific before Glen Eagles. You think, why would he even bother turning up to play in this tournament? Why would he want to be captain? So, so bad. It's like, this is a tournament that has defined you in a very negative way. Uh, he has, he, he has just clogged through Ryder Cup <laughs> after Ryder Cup and being battered and hounded. You think, well, you must hate that event. He's played in 34 matches and has contributed 12 points. Yeah. Won 10 matches, halved four, lost 20. Yeah, 20 right He's Let's be honest, he's mint. That's playing every session in four consecutive Ryder Cup matches uh-huh. and losing every yeah. single he's dr- time. He's dreadful. He must have. That is scary. Just had a. And Mickelson's wasn't that much better. No, barely. That would actually be quite a good Halloween costume, wouldn't it? To go out as Jim Shooter, try to cut break. Brookline. Maybe the one that. Yes. I would also have yeah, to say, no. scary if you're the guy. I thought you were going to say Jim Furyk's swing. You know what's funny? Yeah, it, it doesn't look pretty, but it's won a major. So why would no one teach you to swing like that? Yeah, I don't think you could teach anyone to swing like that. Doesn't matter as long as what's, the club comes What's the instruction on the way back? Just, I know. I mean, you get to the top of your backswing, just go, just, blah, 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 and then hit the ball. So, yeah, this is this is scary if you're doing the job, but the guy who has to embroider the names onto golf bags 
particularly yeah. one of the names you have to embroider is Jazz Janowatanen on. Yeah. That would be pretty scary. Yeah. John Daly's trousers. I'd rather wear joggers than John Daly's trousers. No, I, I just, I just, there's something about joggers that just, you just look a bit silly. James, our gear editor, wears joggers, and I, I like. He and he's a grown for, man, and he's an adult. I want to go for a game of golf with him, and I'm like, oh, just can we set a few, a few benchmarks before we turn up? Yeah. What about a tea time at Kabul Golf Club? Reckoned to be the world's most dangerous golf course. Kabul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd could, be pretty scary. Could be a pretty scary. I think even just landing at Kabul Airport would be pretty scary. Yeah. Don't think I'd want to do that. Your partner telling you you don't take a good score here. I don't scary is the word, but certainly unsettling. Yeah, I always find that quite... One of my pals does that. He, he tells you, you're playing... I hate it when somebody says, you're playing quite well, because you think, just shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> Why are you talking to me? Just leave me alone. I know that. I don't need you to tell me that. Bubba Watson's commentary on Live TV. Yeah, I saw you get the girl's name wrong. That was hilarious. And now over to you, Suzanne. <laughs> Actually, my name's Sue Ann. Well done, Bubba. <laughs> Ah, here's one for you. Tiger's jeans. Yeah. Was it golf.com did a really good piece? Tiger's jeans through the years. Tiger's clothes, really, like non-golf. Yeah, he's clobber. get-up's awful. Google Tiger Jam and you'll see some of the worst outfits yeah. you've ever seen. And he's standing next to some quite cool people like John Bon Jovi and Prince and things like that. And Terry he's just, Hatcher. He's just dri- What? Terry Hatcher was there as well. Was he? And he's just dressed like... Oh my god, like a dad. But wearing mum jeans. Yeah, he's got big baggy jeans. Oh, just dreadful. Tiger's experiments with hair dye, they were pretty bad too. Yeah, I don't know what that was. That seemed a bit strange, wasn't it? A cry for help, I think, was probably what that was. Don't know. And obviously the scariest thing of all is the RNA and USGA stance on relief from divots. But, you know, that's for another time perhaps. Oh, interesting. Indeed. Anyway, that just about brings us to the end of this week's episode. Bryce, thank you very much for your time, as always. Now that Liv's over for the season, what the hell are we going to talk about? We'll have to talk about other stuff, which um, I don't know what that stuff's going to be. We'll have a think this week. Alternatively, Thursday at headquarters might make the decision for us. Yes. So if you don't hear from us next week... I heard week, you saying you're worried about what you're going to talk about on Monday. You don't need to worry about it. <laughs> you're fired. What would you do? If I got fired, yeah, go and work somewhere else. Yeah, where people though? would want me. It's fine. Would they? Aye. Yeah, it would be know. like giving Lionel Messi a free transfer. You know, people would come. I don't in. know. I might, I might walk the earth, something like that. Go all like find myself. Walk the earth. Where yeah, would you walk to? Go on my motorbike and just. That's not walking. ride the earth. Ride the earth. Ride the earth. Because just... I say you walk, and I can see you getting to like the bottom of your street and going, oh, oh, my back's now. sore. Oh, need to go and do some more Pilates. Yes. Nah, I'll be fine. We'll be all right next week. We'll still be here next week. Don't worry. And if we're not, any jobs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're laughing, but really there's a bit of fear yeah. behind it. Anyway, Bryce, thanks for your time. Much my appreciated. Pleasure. Thank you to you, Callaway, for your continued support and to you for listening. If you've got any thoughts, any comments, anything we've discussed this week, slide into our DMs, they are open. Until next week, bye-bye for now.